Good evening and welcome to episode 153 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining me tonight as we are live here on a Wednesday night in beautiful Chicago area. Had a gorgeous day in the 80s and sunny. Hopefully it's nice where you are. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen if you have not done that already. Of course, hit that notification bell which will tell you when new content will arise and smash that like button. I'd really appreciate it. I'll tell YouTube this is a great show and people should be watching these episodes. Of course, on my name tag, you can reach me on Twitter at H Kravitz. We also almost have 1,000 Twitter followers. I'm very excited. Hopefully, we can get to that 1,000 mark shortly. And then on the bottom of the screen, you'll see my email address pop at the bottom there any second now hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Also, you can see there tomorrow coming up right now. Uh, let me tell you what's happening tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Fantastic card at Churchill this weekend. Stephen Foster Day. They have several stakes. We're going to be talking about the uh, all-stakes pick five that occurs on Saturday, including, of course, the future race, the Stephen Foster with Olympiad, American Revolution, a lot of other very good horses and the fantastic Chad Shexnader from the fairgrounds podcast will be joining us as my live uh, guest tomorrow night, along with my co-host Pete Visco and Paul Halloran. So the four of us will be here tomorrow night, 8 PM Eastern. That's again, Thursday, please join us for a great show. I'm also taping a show tomorrow uh, for Woodbine Woodbine which we haven't covered as much lately, but now they're starting to get into the meat of their um, schedule. They have four stakes also on Saturday and myself, uh, Pete Visco, and the return of Jim Pilars. The three of us will be taping again. It is not going to be a live show. We'll be taping a show for Woodbine on Saturday, and that will be up also on the YouTube channel Tomorrow on Thursday, again, the Woodbine show will be a taped show, but tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, will be the live show with Pete, Paul, and Chad Shexnader going over the Churchill cards. So I hope you could uh, join us then. Uh, quick update for everyone. You can see it on the screen. I'm excited. I will be in Saratoga Springs, New York, my very first trip to Saratoga. I'm 21 days, three weeks from today. I'll be on a plane. Uh, actually, three weeks from now, I'll already be at Saratoga, but I'm arriving late afternoon on, uh, or actually more like early afternoon, on Wednesday, July 20th. I'll be at Saratoga uh, from July 20th to the 24th, Wednesday mid-afternoon till Sunday morning. I will be at the races, at the track, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, July 21st, 2nd and 3rd. If you're going to be at Saratoga, during that week, which is the second week of the meeting, or you live in that area, please make sure you email me or send me a direct message on Twitter, and we'll see if we can uh, grab a drink at the track or maybe somewhere in town and uh, have a chance to meet you in person. So I'm very excited about my trip uh, to Saratoga coming up in a few weeks. Uh, also, I've been talking about this a little bit. The online store, it is in its final stages. I'm negotiating... Uh, some prices right now. Everything is very expensive right now, and I want to try to make sure that the items that I sell 
are reasonably priced. I'm not looking to make a big profit all this, you know, on these um, items at all. I just want to really share my love of the podcast with you and hope you'll support it through the online store. It might be up tomorrow. I will make sure that I send out a link through email, Twitter, and other places when it's up. And there are going to be hats, T-shirts, hoodies, quarter zips uh, with the logo. I really think it's going to be nice. Again, I'm trying to make sure the price is reasonable. I'm not looking to make any real profit off this at all, to be honest. But uh, the way the world is right now, prices are pretty high. And so I'm trying to work that out with my vendor. Uh, but I would say very strong chance tomorrow, Thursday, the online store, the HHH Racing Podcast will be up. Or at the very latest, I would say uh, next Monday. So I'm excited about that. Hoping to support the channel. I'd really appreciate it. I've worked very hard, as does Pete and Paul and everyone behind the scenes. Um, it takes a lot to do a podcast. I don't think people realize how much work it's. I mean, handicapping the races is just a very small part of it. So I hope you'll support the podcast with uh, some great merch that will be on sale very soon. Uh, last thing I'd like to talk about before I get into the pick six tomorrow at Balmain. I see some comments. Uh, we'll be getting those comments in a minute. Um, so good news, bad news. People like the, some updates on the two horses that I co-own which a bun- with, a, with a bunch of other partners from Adelphi. Got some sort of uh, not, not great news. It's not, not horrific news, but not great news. Uh, Salivo Spritz, who is the two-year-old filly by uh, Street Sense, uh, who is planned to be a turf sprinter most likely or up to a miler. She had a little bit of an issue uh, this week. She uh, was diagnosed with a stress fracture in her right hip, um, her right leg. It is not major. Uh, it is not career-ending. It will not need surgery. Um, but she's going to need some barn rest from now for about 60 to 90 days. It just backs up the start of her career. We're a little disappointed by that. But listen, she's a two-year-old. This, these things happen. It's not major. She's under fantastic care. She got scanned. So she'll be on some barn rest. Um, and she'll be very well taken care of. But Salivo Spritz, two-year-old filly, who we were hoping maybe debuted late Saratoga meet definitely will not happen. We'll point her assuming everything goes well to a, a very late fall to early winter start to her uh, career. Uh, so fortunately um, she's in great hands and she'll be just fine. This is just a little hiccup. Uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, the positive news, the two-year-old cult uh, that I partially loaned, whose name is Magistrate. Uh, this is a Tappert cult is doing well. He is up in Saratoga as we speak. He is being trained by Christophe Clement. Couldn't ask for a better training than that. Again, he's gonna. He's very long and leggy. He's a big two-year-old. He's a bit gawky right now. Um, he has not officially had any works yet, but you know he's working into that. Um, he's in great hands. He's up in Saratoga, and we're probably pointing towards a fall campaign with him, hopefully starting I'd probably say after the Saratoga meet, but I will see Magistrate up in at Saratoga in a few weeks. He's doing very well. He's a cool color. He's a gray listed, but he's got a little brown mixed in him. Um, looks like a beautiful horse. Uh, I saw him for the first time down in Florida when I was at Ocala in December, and then I'm going to see him now for a second time in a few weeks at Saratoga. Again, he'll be uh, starting his works 
probably, uh, you know, in a few weeks or so. So we're very excited uh, to get Magistrate, the two-year-old cult, Tappert cult, started on his career. That's just an update on some of the Adelphi horses uh, that I co-own. Let's see here. Trish. Trish, I don't let's see. Is she still in Vegas? No pressure, but I'll be betting in Vegas. Yes, she is in Vegas. Trish, I've seen some uh, uh, pictures of you in Vegas. Looks like a lot of fun. Hopefully, you're, you're uh, enjoying it out there. Um, so enjoy that bachelorette party out in Vegas. Uh, Patrick Kunzel's here. What's up, Patrick? He's very excited about all that. And Trish is also excited about the merch. Yeah, sorry we didn't get that out uh, before you went to Vegas, Trish, but we'll be um, we'll be getting that out very soon. So make sure you check that out. All right, that I think takes care of all the administrative items. Let's get into the pick six tomorrow at Belmont. The pick six tomorrow, there's an $83,540. Again, $83,540 carryover into the pick six tomorrow at Belmont. It is a $1 uh, base bet. Just keep that in mind. Let me go ahead and bring up the PPs and we'll start rocking and rolling into the pick six content at Belmont tomorrow as I go ahead and go full screen. Uh, you're not going to see banners. Let me take this banner. You're not going to see individual banners at the bottom of the screen, um, but I will show you my pick six ticket at the end. So you'll have to listen carefully. You can write some things down. Or, of course, let me put this banner up. You can, of course, listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and or Anchor. So, of course, if you are missing this live show, you can uh, listen to the show on those platforms. All right. The pick six starts in race four, as you can see, at about 440 Eastern Standard Time. It's a 25 claimer. It's one mile on the dirt. There you see the field right there. Let me just bring myself back on the screen. If you're wondering, where's Pete and Paul? Uh, they're going to be on tomorrow. Uh, Pete and Paul are both going to be on again tomorrow for Churchill. And then for the taped broadcast of Woodbine, it's going to be Pete and um, Jim Pilars. I'm going old school tonight. We're going old school, uh, back the way I used to do it, uh, just solo. Hopefully, you'll uh, get all the information you need. I'm pretty sure you will. Uh, again, there is the field tomorrow in the first race. Let's go right to the PPs. There is a very strong favorite in this first race that really I'm not trying to beat. I, th I will use others, of course, but the number two, Crypto Cash, who's even money, uh, morning line. This is a claim for Rob Atris. Linda Rice had him. He's very consistent. You can see he's finished uh, second, second, first, first, second. This is his class level. He's actually run better. Uh, he's run well, even a higher class level. He is not a mudlark. Um, you see that he's six for eight in the money, uh, first or second when it's wet. But certainly he ran an 80 fig, uh, a 74 fig, 76. If you want to make an argument that he's a little better in the mud, I'm not going to argue with you on that. But I think he'd certainly run on dirt. He He's going to run in the 80s most likely. He just ran a 92. I wouldn't expect him to run that high again. He's absolutely the horse to beat here. I'm sure some people will single this horse to, part the, uh, to start the pick six. I will not be singling this horse. I'm going to use others. Uh, I'm not going to be going through my ABC ticket, but this is my lone A. I will have no Bs 
I will have some seahorses to back up crypto cash. Uh, one of the seahorses that we'll have will be the 11A. This is a coupled entry. You can see Dark Storm there is the one uh, for Trevor McCarthy, who I think does have a shot, has blinkers on. I will back up with this horse. I'm also going to back up with the Grumps Little Tots. Now, something you have to decide, this is for Charlton Baker. This horse has not run since November. You have to remember now that uh, Saratoga is coming up in a few weeks. Is this a prep for Saratoga? I'm not sure. It very well may be. Uh, the fields at Belmont are not quite as strong as they were earlier in the meet because, of course, we have Saratoga coming up and some trainers are waiting uh, for that Saratoga meet to start. If this horse is ready, I think he can win. He's a closer for Rosario and Baker. Um, I do not like Mount Travers, by the way, the 1A. So if for some reason the flat one is scratched and only the 1A is in, I would not, I repeat, I would not use my the 1A on the ticket. I'd only use the flat one. But another horse I would use the pick six very defensively is the six Peruvian boy. I want to show two replays because I think this horse is really interesting. I bet him last time he was awful. Uh, Peruvian boy, if you go back, has got numbers that absolutely fits. Not only fit, would, would win this race. I'm not sure what's going on with him. You can see he tailed off at the end of the year. Now, when he raced on February 27th, I just want to show uh, two very quick replays. He got off really slow. He was the five horse in this race. This is two starts back. And we're not going to show the whole replay, but just watch the five. Again, this is two starts back. Uh, they run it right there. There you go. There's your start. And there's the five. You see checked right there. And he's just climbing and he's way, way. I mean, look how far back. Had no chance. Then... I was obviously I was willing to give him a pass there. Then in his next uh, start, which was he got a break, uh, he was uh, uh, still trained by Weaver, had a break, and then he just raced only last week. So this is last week, and I was interested in using him. He's the two horse here, and again, he breaks slow. Now it doesn't break nearly as bad. You'll see him right here. He doesn't break nearly as bad as he as you just saw, but he did break slow. You can see right there, he hesitated. He broke a little slow. I will show a little more. Uh, he's right here. He makes a bit of a middle move. You're going to see him move up here. Makes a bit of a middle move. We don't really need to show the rest. He flattens out. The horse that won was right here. Again, Peruvian boys right here. Really didn't do too much running after that. You're wondering, Howard, why are you even talking about this horse? I'm fascinated by two things. I'm fascinated by the fact that Linda claims this horse, number one, and puts Lascano on, which Lascano is Linda Rice's go-to jockey, number one. And number two, coming back in a week. And Linda Rice is very good coming back this quickly. So I don't know if the six can win, but I'm using him defensively. I'm a little bit interested. He's got races that can win. Is uh, the day is tomorrow going to be the day to do that? Most likely not. But I'm going to use this horse uh, very defensively. I see a few comments here. Just want to show uh, Janet. Janet's here. Janet, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I love the Tappet horses too, but Janet, this is actually a horse by Taprit. So Tappet is the grand sire. Uh, the horse is actually by Taprit. This is the first crop from Taprit, just to let you know, uh, Janet. But yeah, in the Tappet line, 
So we're, we're very interested to see how the horse could do. Anyway, the two is clearly the horse to beat here. I'm sure a lot of people are in single crypto cash. Let's go ahead to uh, the next race here, race five. This is the second leg of the pick six. Again, we're talking about tomorrow's pick six on Thursday at Belmont. It's an $83,000 carryover. These are for maidens. This is a mile and eighth on the turf. A mile and eighth on the turf. This is for New York breads. You can see the field uh, right there. The one and two are main track onlys. That's why you see them. The weather's going to be absolutely fine tomorrow. So it's going to be field of eight uh, tomorrow. Let me go ahead and get to those races. Uh, a few things I want to say uh, about this race. Let me put myself back on screen. By the way, Philip, I see you in the in the chat. How you doing? Thanks for joining the show, Philip. Really appreciate it. Christoph Clement has two horses. I've said on this show a few times, take it for what it's worth, but the information's been good. Uh, because I have a little bit of a line, a connection to the Clement stable once in a while, I get some information on their horses. They have two in this race. Uh, this is not a very strong field. Again, this is not a very strong field. The connections are, you know, a little bit wishy-washy on their two horses. They can win. I'm not saying they cannot win. They don't love them necessarily, the two Clements in this race. Uh, but they're not, you know, they don't think they're, you know, any world beaters by any means. So take that information uh, for, what, for whatever uh, it is worth. Let me go ahead and bring up the PPs here for this race. I am going in this race. And again, I don't have banners for this race or for any of these races. I'll show my pick six at the end. I'm going six, five, eight. Again, in preferential order, I'm going six, five, eight in this race. Uh, the one and two are, like I said, our main tracks only. The number six, Compromiser, uh, was not on the turf first time at all. These are for low pro profile connections. I like the jockey change a lot here, number one. Goes from Gomez to Saez. That's good. Number two, the horse ran a 71 first time, was off slow, closed well. I'm not going to show the replay. It was a huge price. Let me talk about the breeding. You see Keen Ice, who's obviously not a turf sire. But on the dam side, there is some turf breeding. Circle uh, Noble Lion, who is the dam, you can see, was all turf. Uh, he was not anything uh, special. But he was uh, – actually, these are the siblings, excuse me. Uh, this is not Circle of Love. Let me go back. Circle of Love uh, was actually unraced. I apologize. But the siblings of the dam uh, did have some turf in them. You see Noble Lion, who was a West Point horse, was all turf. Uh, and, and there was a little bit of turf. Circle of the World was a little bit of turf. So not a lot of turf breeding, but there was some turf breeding, enough turf breeding for me to be interested in this horse. I like the fact that he ran well first time out. He's by Keen Ice. Distance is not going to be a problem. When you want to look at Keen Ice and how he's done on turf, um, he has had some turf routers. He's only, you know, 9%, 11%. Um, most of Keen Ice's horses have been uh, dirt, but you see Rich Strike, of course, who won the Derby, ran on synthetic. And, you know, there's another one There's uh, underdressed was a key nice horse who ran on turf. So there's a few horses that could run on turf. Anyway, this is not the strongest field. 
I really like Saez taking over. I'm going to six here on top. Number five, Topic Changer, is one of those Clement horses. I will show the end of this replay. There's one thing I like and one thing I don't like. I don't like that this horse is coming in out of a 40 main claimer. That's not a big – I don't like that very much. What I do like, and he's the eight right here. He's pretty far back. What I do like is he, you're going to see him right here. He's in between right there, and he does get bumped several times. You see the horse got bumped several times and did fight through the hole and did run on a little bit. I'll just show the end there. He's the eight right here. So he had some adversity. He did run on a little bit, but it was a pretty weak field. Again, this is the number five tomorrow. Here it is. That's the number five tomorrow, Topic Changer, one of two Clement horses. Again, they believe the horse can win, um, but is no world beater. The other Clement horse they have is the 10 Olympic Dreams for um, Rosario. The horse does have some turf reading. I'm personally not using him as my, one of my top three, but I would not be shocked if this horse uh, wins. He's pretty low, three to one Moy line. I think he's too low, frankly, for me. There's the damn Kirov, who's a pretty nice horse, mainly though dirt and synthetic. Not a ton of turf breeding there. Again, Clement can obviously win first time out. I'm just not completely sold. The other horse I'd use is the eight, Sense of a Giant. Now, Todd Pletcher, not very good numbers, first time out on turf going long. Let me show you. Todd Pletcher is obviously one of the best trainers in the world. He's a 22% trainer normally, 22%. But take a look at this. If you see turf first-time starters going a route, so you're going to see the numbers right now on the screen. There you see right there on the top of the screen, Todd Pletcher going a route first time. Turf is only 8%. Again, only 8% with 165 starts. 32% in the money. When he does win, he does it well. But he, this is not a move that Todd Pletcher does uh, very successfully. The reason why I have this horse in third is because it's a weak field. He's bred for turf and puts Flavian Pratt in the irons. I'm going 6-5-8. This is an absolute spread race for me. Very difficult race here. Let's go to the third leg of the sequence. Race six tomorrow, the pick three. This is, uh, by the way, the sequence, as I already mentioned, uh, they have a later start time tomorrow. So, again, the pick six does not start until 440 Eastern Standard Time. Again, the pick six does not start until 440 Eastern Standard Time. The third leg of the pick six, ladies and gentlemen, is race six. As wait for the screen to flip over. There we go. 25 claimer. Uh, six furlongs, non-winners of two. You see the field there. It's a field of 10. Field of 10 with a pretty heavy morning line favorite in Devil's Code. This is going to be a horse that everyone's going to have to decide what to do with. I think he's going to be even less than 9 to 5. He's 9 to 5 morning line, and he probably will be less than that. He towers over this uh, field by the buyer figs. He's also dropping down. He's dropping down from state bread uh, allowance N1X into this claiming 25 non-winners at two. Here's the issue. Where's this horse been? This horse is off almost 10 months. So 
actually more than 10 months. And the trainer does okay off this kind of break, but this is a New York bread that's in for 25 now after being allowance company. They are completely getting rid of this horse. This is a red flag for me. Uh, do what you will with this horse. I'm using him as an A, but there's no way, shape, or form I would use this horse as a lone A uh, because of the layoff. I, this is a very scary layoff to me. Uh, not only that, like I said, he's dropping down, and they're just putting this horse in for sale, up for sale, and he's in New York bred right before the Saratoga meet when there are some very nice uh, expensive allowance races uh, coming up at Saratoga. So they clearly don't think this horse can win an N one uh, X, which to me is a big negative. So use this horse uh, as you will. He's also more probably of a closer. I'm going five one nine in this race. I'm going to put the one in my, in second, in my picks, I'm going with a five on top. Scotto for Rudy Rodriguez and Luis Saez. This horse uh, is only one for 10. They're all one for, he's got numbers that fit. He was doing very well at the end of 20, 2021 buyers in the seventies. This is not a turf horse. Forget that last race. It's a complete toss. He had a 29 buyer. Again, he's not a turf horse. He's going to be much better in this start. I'm hoping he gets a little pace to run into. Uh, I think he's size is sticking on with him. This is my top choice. Six to one more in line. The number five Scotto. Another horse I'm interested a bit here is the number nine at even a bigger price, Vincent. Vincent is more of a speed horse. He had to go, uh, broke his maiden only for 25. But look at his buyers, 5, 39, 59, 67. This is one of the few horses in this field that is getting better and better. Has only had five lifetime starts. Now, the last start, he did lose by seven. That N1X was a very very good N1X. I just want to show a few horses. Look who he lost to. Quick Flash, who is running in the 70s and run in 83. Tap in the Bank, very nice horse, 76-82. Unique Unions was a sta- is a stake horse as a three-year-old. Mid to high 70s. Win for Gold in the 70s. This is a very, very tough field that the nine Vincent was in. If he can replicate or even improve into maybe a few points in the 70, 71, 72 buyer, I see no reason why Vincent from the outside can't stalk and pounce and be a factor in this race. I'm interested in Vincent a bit. So in this race, I'm going five, one, nine. Again, devil's code will probably be a single for some people. I'm using him, but I do not feel as good about him as some others might. I'm very much worried about the drop down right before the Saratoga meet as a New York brand. They're completely giving up on this horse. Again, do what you will with devil's code. Will he be an angel or a devil for you? Uh, be careful. I would not single him. If you think he's just a lone cinch, go ahead. Uh, devil's code will be big favorites in uh, race six, but I'm going five one nine in this race. Uh, Jim Pilar is Jim. How you doing, Jim? Jim will be with us tomorrow on the show along with Pete Visco for a great card at uh, Woodbine. By the way, Jim, um, I'm assuming you've done your homework or you've almost done your homework for tomorrow. That Woodbine card, whew, that is a tough card uh, Saturday. I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, but uh, Jim looks like he's also playing the uh, 
picks or he's playing the pick six tomorrow. Perhaps he likes Vincent a little bit also. So Jim, hopefully you and our, I are correct about Vincent. Let's go to race seven, ladies and gentlemen. This is leg four of the <clears throat> pick five tomorrow. As I go ahead and bring it up. There we go. I was on the wrong screen. Race seven. This is leg four. This is an allowance race. They're going a mile and a 16th on the dirt. This is restricted New York breads. There is a big, big favorite. You can see on the bottom of the screen, the number seven, Price Discipline, Chad Brown, Flavian Pratt. How about three to five morning line? Wow. Let's take a look at this horse and let's see why this horse is three to five. The reason why this horse is three to five is pretty simple. First time out, he ran very well. There's he's a Klarovich. He got an 82 buyer. I'm not going to show the whole race, but we'll show the end of it. Again, this is a talented horse for Chad Brown. We'll see him on the outside here. He's the five horse. He broke fine, by the way, sort of mid mid pack, and you see him moving up here, three wide, and he is about to cruise cruise on by while he's four wide he sweeps by the field you can see him um he did add be asked a little bit i'll show the stretch there you can see he goes by curl and wisdom in second he is being asked he's being kept to his task but he's doing it very well this is a curlin uh cult and you can see he wins very very comfortably uh do i have this horse on top no I do not. I'm using him as an A. I've got two A's in this race. Uh, obviously, he can win again. That was a weak field. He beat a very weak field. Curlin's Wisdom, you can see who he beat. Was improving. Got a 75 bar. He improved there. Our son, Jake, uh, he improved a lot. If you believe the buyer the last race, he was really not a very impressive horse. I guess he improved in that race. This horse you know, ran a 57. Uh, then the next horse, this, this is just not a very strong field. Um, and a bunch of horses improve their buyer. If you believe in that buyer, I guess what I'm saying is indirectly, I'm not sure I believe in this buyer. Um, you know, the figure makers do a great job there. I don't know. This buyer seems a bit high to me. So I'm not sure if I believe in the buyer price discipline. That being said, he's had a month off since his last start. He can obviously improve again. This is way way the horse to beat in this spot. But I'm going too deep in this race. I'm interested in the five horse quite a bit. The five horse is Montebello. Nine to Morlang. I'm going five, seven, four. Again, I'm going five, seven, four. My two alone A's here. Uh, excuse me. The seven is a lone A. The five is my lone B. So I'm only using five, seven in this race. That's all I'm using. Seven, lone A. Five is a very strong B for me. This horse was out in California and was staked. Uh, he actually ran Saratoga too on the funny side and finished a good second. So he was well-met last year. He was sprinting. First time uh, start back was not until May of this year. And he got a 76 buyer. But again, this was a very... Very strong New York bread. You see key point. You see, look at key point. He lost to a horse that's run a 95 and a 92 buyer. Win for gold is a nice horse. 
was running in the, in the 70s there. Uh, Dr. Blute, not a bad horse in the 70s. So uh, this was a very first, a very tough start back for Montebello. Now, the question is, can he stretch out? By the way, a bullet in the holster, hello, 46 and four breeding, a uh, breezing, and then a nice maintenance of 114 before that. I think this horse has the lead. I think Johnny V is going to try to stretch him out and get the distance. Can he get the distance? I'm not so sure. Here's the dam, beautiful but blue, mainly seven furlongs to a mile. This was a very nice horse, though. How about the siblings of the dam? Silky Blue was a uh, more of a turf sprinter, but you see Rachel's Blue Moon did get up to mile and eighth, mile, mile 16th, and then Montebello. So the question that you need to ask yourself, so I go ahead and put myself mainly full screen, the question you have to ask yourself is can Montebello get the distance? If Montebello can improve, second star off the layoff, I see no reason why he can't. And if he can get the distance, I really think he's going to give the seven a very tough test. And, and not only that, as I go full screen, there's not a lot of early speed in this race. Thrill of it, you know, will show some speed, but he's really not a speed horse. Son of an X is a closer. Um, Kaloke or Kaloke is, is really more of a stalker. Philmon Fever is a closer. I think Montebello is low in speed. I think he's gone. So, and there's not a lot of speed. So price discipline by far the horse to beat, but I am very, very interested in Montebello. Uh, should you single this horse in a caveman ticket? That's up to you. I'm using Montebello as a B as in boy. And I'm using price discipline as an A. I do not think price discipline is a lead pipe cinch in this race. Just my opinion. Let's go to the second last leg here. This is the penultimate leg. Again, any questions, comments you have, please make sure you put them in the live chat. We have a great audience tonight. Really appreciate you joining me for this fantastic pick six preview tomorrow. Race eight, about 6.45 Eastern Standard Time. Again, this is the penultimate leg of the pick six. It's an allowance race. They're going a mile and three eighths. That's right, a mile and three eighths, almost a mile and a half on the turf this is uh an n1x you can see the field here of nine horses with the morning line favorite the number seven easter french red horse for graham motion and flavian platt uh, pratt let's take a look at the pps here in this race i'm going seven nine two seven nine two now, the seven is another horse that you could single in your pick six if you wanted to. I am not going to be doing that on, main, on my main ticket. <clears throat> Easter was running uh, mainly a mile last year as a three-year-old in some pretty tough spots. Some uh, group stakes, a group one and a group three. You see St. Mark's Basilica down there at Longchamp uh, in spring of last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then first time this country ran very uh, well against Lonesome uh, Fugitive and So High on April 15th, ran 86. Last time the Man of War. The Man of War was that very strange race where they were walking on the lead and Highland Chief upset Gufo and Yabir. And Easter only lost to uh, Highland Chief by four lengths. It wasn't that far off of Gufo and Yabir. Now, that was a very, very slow-paced race. 
Um, so Easter is definitely a closer. My only concern with Easter is, again, there's not a lot. Let me put myself full screen. There's not a lot of early speed in this race. The turf course is rock hard. Rock hard right now, turf course, out on the East Coast. They've not been getting a lot of rain. If you're on the East Coast, you know what I'm talking about. I'm afraid, again, this horse is just going to have too much to do in this stretch. I'm going to go ahead and bring the uh, PPs up here just a little bit. Uh, you can't even see them. Let me bring them up fully. Actually, I'll go there. Uh, Flavian's going to get this horse in the game, and he is not a speed horse at all. So maybe he's just going to outclass these horses. That's a very strong possibility. He is my lone A, but I would not single him, singling him uh, in my ABC at all. I think there's other horses that are interesting. To me, he's the horse to beat. Again, I'm concerned he's to be too far back. A horse that I'm very interested in, I'm using as a B in this race is the nine Hilliard. I'm going seven, nine, two. I'm going seven, nine, two in this race. Let's talk about Hilliard for a minute. Hilliard is a, uh, a four-year-old. This is his third start off the layoff. Uh, third start of the Ford cycle is a very popular big number race for many handicappers. You see he was in starter allowance the last two races. Um, lost the high tide last time with a 79. I really like his last effort. He was an improved race. He won nicely. I'm going to show the end of that race there. For, got an 89 buyer. If you believe in buyers, that does not put Hilliard too far away from Easter. Hilliard is the flat one in this race. We're going to pick him up here. Uh, he is back here, in the right here in these teal silks, moving up on the inside. We'll take it a little deeper in the stretch here. You see, once he finds room, he really closes nicely. We're going to pick him up. Again, I believe he's on the inside here. Yeah, there he is. He's going to angle out here, goes around his stable mate. He did get a ground-saving trip, but I really like this close. I mean, look how easily. Look how easily just blows by his stable mate without even really being asked. I mean, that's a very impressive close to me. Again, he did get a very good trip. They're stepping him up in class, <clears throat> but he's an improving type. Uh, once Michael Maker gets his horses good, they get really good. I'm not worried about the stretch out. He did go to mile five sixteenths and a mile and eighth before. Listen, his last race of his three-year-old year when he was 70 to one, he only lost a public sector. I never surprised by about two lengths from an 87. So how much worse is he really than Easter? In my opinion, not that much. I would not be surprised if the number nine, Hilliard, runs a big race here. I'm using Hilliard as a B horse, as in boy. And then I'd throw the number two, <clears throat> QF75 or Christoph Clement here as a C. He is absolutely lone speed on paper. If you want to move him up higher than a C horse, I understand it. The problem is he's never run anything higher than the 83 buyer. He just seems too slow. I think he's going to have the lead into the stretch, probably scare the crap out of me until mid-stretch and then be taken over. I'm going to use him very defensively only because he looks like he's low in speed in this race. But I just don't think he classes up. We'll see if there's a speed bias, and we'll see how good QF75 is in this spot. I'm going 7-9-2. My long shot play in this race would be the number 9 Hill Hilliard. For Michael Maker, I would not uh, 
uh, take him off your ticket. If you want a single Easter, the number seven, I totally get it. I personally would not. Again, any questions, comments, or concerns, anything you'd like to talk about in the chat, now would be a great time to put questions up in the live chat. Again, I will show my pick six uh, caveman ticket here after we go through the last race. But again, I'm going seven, nine, two. And those are the only three horses I'm using, by the way, in this penultimate leg. Let's go to the last race, which I think is very difficult last race of the sequence here. <clears throat> the last race can be about 7.15 Eastern Standard Time, which is good. You'll hit the pick six, have a little dinner, then come back to the HHH Racing Podcast and watch the pod with Pete Visco and Paul Halloran and myself as we talk about Churchill Downs on Saturday. It's a maiden 40, throwing seven furlongs on the turf. Maiden 40 claimer. It's a big field. You see grandma there is on top. If you like grandma, you're going to get a price. The favorite in this race is another Christoph Clement horse. Nine to five morning line for Flavian Pratt. Miss Sugar Hill. You can see it is a big field of 12 in this spot. Uh, one thing you're going to notice is there are some big morning line favorites in this sequence. Uh, in my opinion, a lot of them, though, are not singable uh to me uh i am going in this race i am going four nine eight again i'm going you know let, let me put myself on screen i'm not being overly crave with some of the horses i have on top necessarily but just because i have a moorline favorite on top does not mean i would single this horse and the four horse in this race is not not a horse i trust at all but I'm using him as an A because I think he can win. And in a pick six, especially, you have to find winners. And so I'm not going to lose my pick six, you know, uh, be alive to a nice score and not have this logical horse on top. But would I single this horse? No freaking way. Miss Sugar Hill. This is a drop down from Maine Special. He's got, uh, she, excuse me, she has figs uh, that fit. But the Clements are basically giving up on this horse. They're, they're trying to sell this horse for 40. Um, and, you know, this is not a main special weight horse. I'm not going to show any replays here. She's a bit of a closer. She's very one-paced. She had no excuses last time. She can win. I'm not a huge fan uh, in general at a low price at all. But I am using Miss Sugar Hill. Uh, the horse that I have in second that I think is going to be a bit of a bigger price here is the number nine. Seems like I have a lot of nines in the sequences prices. Jazz Time Girl uh, is totally regressing on the buyer end. Not a good sign. I don't know if this horse is a sprinter or not. I mean, she's bred to sprint on the dam side. We'll have to see. Ran very well enough in her first few starts. And in fact, last year in her Keeneland debut on October 10th, she was favored. Again, she was favored at Keeneland in the fall in a main special. Uh, did not run very well, obviously. And then off the layoff at Keeneland was very bad, but got caught up in a very fast pace. She's been uh, caught up in very fast paces. There's not nearly as much pace in this race. My feeling here on the nine jazz time girl is that Dylan Davis is just going to send and maybe this horse can wire the field. It's not a strong field. There's not a lot of early pace in this race. Uh, it's now or never for me with Jazz Time Girl. She's got some works that are certainly good enough at Keeneland. 
I don't think she's impossible at all. I want a horse that's going to be close to the lead, and I think Jazz Time Girl will be the one. Um, is she good enough to win? Maybe. We'll have to see. The other horse I would use here is the number eight, mostly harmless. This is another closer with a big jockey change who's dropping down from main special uh, to main claiming 40. So again, the four and the eight are both dropping down from main special to main claiming. They both obviously can win. The problem is they're both sort of one paced horses. They look like they need some speed to set up for them. And they just, they're not that impressive to me. I'm sure four, eight are going to be used by mainly. I have no idea why the eight is six to one. The four is nine to five. I think that's silly to me. I think the four should be the favorite and the eight should be like five to two, three to one. And the nine should be like nine to two. So I don't know why there's such a big spread in the morning lines. Um, I don't know if David Aragona, he's been on vacation. David Aragona is the best morning line maker in the country. Um, if he is doing the morning lines, I have total respect for him. Uh, it's probably because of Flavian Pratt. But I don't think the eight is really that far off of the four. Definitely not by the buyer fig. So you can, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, Richard, Richard, thanks for joining the show. Richard Hennes thinks that two is somewhat interesting. Second off the long layoff and didn't run too poorly first out. Richard, let's close the show by looking at your two horse here. I do not have. So let me talk about roundabout. Uh, there are several horses in this race. They're coming out of the same race. And I just want to mention these horses. Uh, you can see there's one, two, these five horses. Now, this was a fairly live race. You can see Misspelled Moon for Adelphi Racing came back and won. Radiant Gem came back and won. I did not like any of these horses coming out of this race. Again, it's 7, 8, 10. 3, 7, 8, 10, 12. I'm not going to show the whole race, but I will show the end of it. Again, 3, 7, 8, 10, 12. I was not that impressed. I'll just show the stretch. I was not very impressed with any of these horses. Um, here is the 8. There is the 7 who got a perfect trip. Here is the 10. The 12 and 3 is sort of back here. The 7 is the one that is the one that you like a little bit, Richard. He's right here. Got a perfect trip and really just didn't do very much running, in my opinion. You see he's closing, but it doesn't really explode at all. All these horses are sort of one-paced. So, again, let me just pause it here. These three horses are in the race. That's your two-horse right there, Richard, tomorrow. And then here's the other two horses that are in this race. I don't know. I don't like any of those horses at all. That race visually did nothing for me. Richard, I fully respect your opinion. But, again, the two-horse, Richard, was the um, – seven in that race, the grade that you liked a little bit. I do not like any of those horses. I am going uh, four, eight, nine. Excuse me. I'm going, uh, let me double check on my ticket. No, I'm going four, nine, eight. Excuse me. I'm going four, nine, eight. They are all A's for me. I'm including the nine as an A. I don't trust the four and eight. One of those two will probably win. I'd use the nine quite a bit. Let me go ahead and show my pick six ticket as we close the show. Thanks for joining me tonight in episode 153 of the HHH Racing Podcast, talking about the Thursday pick six at Belmont. Here is my pick six. Again, what you see on the bottom of the screen is not an ABC. If I were to play a caveman ticket, this is what I would do. I would probably single the two. 
I think the two is a likely winner in that uh, first leg. Let me just go back on my own personal screen. The two is Crypto Cash. He's even money morning line. I do like that very low priced morning line horse as a possible single. Of all the possible singles, this one would be very high in my list to use as the two in the first sequence. The next sequence, uh, the next race, I think is very difficult. I would go five deep, five, six, eight, nine, ten. And then the next race is even more wide open. I'd go one, two, three, four, five, six, nine, ten. Again, my third leg, I go one, two, three, four, five, six, nine, ten. I think is completely wide open. That's the race with the number one, who's nine to five morning line, who's coming off a big layoff. I do not trust that horse at all. If the one doesn't win, who would win? That's the tricky part. You have to go very deep there. I do not trust uh, the one, though. Again, coming off the long layoff, devil's code. He can win. I'm using him. I don't trust him at all. Then I would go skinny. If I were playing a small ticket, I would go skinny. I think Easter is the horse to beat. That's the seven. I would single the seven. Again, excuse me, uh, that's price discipline. I apologize. If I had to single... Or I had to go cheaper. I would go with the seven price discipline. That's the child, the Chad Brown horse. But I'm very interested in using the five in that race as well. The five is Montebello. I'm personally using the five on my ticket. But again, what you see on the bottom of the screen is a cheaper caveman ticket. Again, we have a budget to use. Uh, in the next race, I would also single the seven. That's Easter. Um, I do like Easter as well, but I'm interested in... Uh, some others in this race, especially uh, the nine. The nine would be Hilliard. I'd be interested in using Hilliard in that race also. But again, cheaper caveman ticket. And then I'd go four, eight, nine in my caveman ticket. So again, $120 caveman play would be two with five, six, eight, nine, ten. With one, two, three, four, five, six, nine, ten. With seven, with seven. With four, eight, nine, that's a $120 uh, caveman ticket. For me, in order of my highest priorities, I think the two in the first leg would be my most likely winner of the three singles. I then would probably go with Easter, the number seven, is my next most likely winner as a single. And then the other seven, the Chad Brown um, three to five Moyline horse. Uh, would be my least likely of the three price discipline. I also would say that's my least likely because I think you can blow up this pick six the best by beating price discipline because he's three to five morning line. And I really do like the five in that race. Uh, if the five, um, let me get the name again. If Montebello can get the lead and stretch out, I think Montebello is very dangerous against price discipline in that spot. There's my pick six ticket, everyone. Uh, we do have a question. Let me get the banner back up there. Uh, let's see. We Let me check the comments uh, very quick. Phil, really appreciate uh, your commentary there. Uh, listen, you, everyone, you can agree with my picks. You can disagree with my picks. One thing I will tell you, I will always give you reasoning, folks out there. I will give you very sound reasoning that I believe gives a lot of valid information. Are the picks going to come through through for me? Who knows? I think you can play a very cheap ticket tomorrow if you choose to because 
there are going to be some very low-priced horses and some likely winners. But I think some of them do not have to win. I think this pick six can really pay tomorrow, especially with some of those wide-open races as well. That's going to close out the show. I really appreciate you watching. Again, tomorrow there are going to be two shows, one live, one not live. If you want to watch the live show, it'll be 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, Thursday night with Pete Visco and Paul Halloran and myself covering the Stephen Foster Day card with many stakes and then a taped show uh, covering the stakes at Woodbine. That will also be up on the YouTube channel uh, tomorrow late afternoon, early evening. This has been your host, Howard Kravitz, for the HHH Racing Podcast, episode 153. Good luck tomorrow if you are playing the $83,000 plus pick six at Belmont Park. Take care, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow night. Good luck.